In today's show, I went back through the last five NBA draft classes and tried to rank them. What a stupid idea. But here we are. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free. We're available on all platforms. Summer League is starting today. I'm going to do some stuff on it next week. I did a show yesterday looking at um, teams we're looking at, players we're looking at. I did for- I did forget to include Walker Kessler on the Jazz because his name wasn't on their roster because the trade wasn't official and I just forgot to put him in there. It does make their team a little bit more watchable, but they are still right down the bottom of the pecking order. Not much in terms of free agency or contracts going down today. An extension for John Concha. A wholly unreal, unrealistic, no wrong word, wholly unnecessary or unearned contract for Vlako Chancha, a three-year deal because he's Nikola Jokic's buddy, but he obviously doesn't deserve an NBA roster spot, but he got one. Um, Jericho Sims got converted from a two-way from the Knicks, but he is the third string center, I guess, behind Robinson and Hartenstein. I still think there's upside in him, but that's really all that happened. No trades, no nothing. So someone put this idea out when I did Dynasty Rankings, I think it was last week. And they said, why don't you look at the last five NBA draft classes and try and rank those guys in like dynasty priority? And I looked at it and I went, yeah, that sounds like a terrible idea. So naturally, I went and did it. And it probably still is a terrible idea. So I went through the last five draft classes and tried to rank these guys where we sit now. This is not where you would draft them in a dynasty league necessarily, because obviously there are other players who were drafted six years ago or eight years ago or nine years ago to slot in there. Um, production, what we've seen from these guys, what I try to project from these guys, as well as age is a factor in these rankings. I tried to do it methodically with some mathematical basis to it, but I'm going to be wrong on a lot of these. This is just an opinion. Um, and yeah, if someone's ranked 10th or someone's ranked 8th or someone's ranked 6th, it doesn't mean that they're necessarily that far apart. And in saying that, I've got 33 guys that I'm going to go through here. Counting down from 33 to 1. God help me. Watch out for the comments. Warney. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Starting at 33. Wendell Carter Jr. He's still only 23. So he's still younger than a lot of guys on this list, or a few guys on this list, to be honest. Um, he heads into year five. And... I don't know. I just thought he was really, really solid. Is he going to blow us away and ever become a top 20 player? I highly doubt that. I don't think Bumba's eating into his playing time this season. I don't think they'll play a lot of Bunkero at center, and I wouldn't be relying upon John Isaac for any sort of minutes at all or any big minutes. I think that he's just going to be a solid top 70-ish guy for the next four to five years. And that puts him here at 33 on this list. And I'd have no arguments or quibbles or anything if he said, no, there's just no upside in that. I'd rather take other guys. I'd rather take a flyer on Mark Williams in this area. I'd go, okay, I get it. I don't know that Williams is going to be able to produce. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. 
Um, but I, I can see that. Yeah, I can see you saying, give me a flyer on Kevin Porter Jr. or Cole Anthony or Gary Trent or Devin Vassell or Benedict Matherin or Herbert Jones. All these guys are, are in this zone. Um, uh, Mikhail Bridges, I didn't include on this list because I think he's solid enough. He is a, a little bit older. He's basically 26. So even though he was drafted in this time frame. He's not on my list just because that, that extra age makes a difference. And that's a lot of talking about Wendell Carter at 33, but there it is. Number 32 is the 20-year-old 20 20 rookie in Detroit, Jaden Ivey. I don't expect this season's going to be good for Ivey. In fact, I think it's going to be really bad. Um, along with coaching, which is going to be an issue, the presence of Corey Joseph, Killian Hayes, Alec Burks, and the fact that he's got the absolute archetype of a guard who is going to put up stinkingly bad numbers as a rookie. That might mean that his dynasty window is a little bit by low after this season. But I still do think that he can be strong. I don't, he doesn't have the greatest fantasy profile. And the fact that if you're drafting now for dynasty, you have to put up with probably one stinking season without any literal guarantee of great seasons to come. I've got to have him down here. 31 is Isaiah Jackson. 20 years of age. And when you look at this list and look at all these guys, and if you are watching on YouTube, you can see it. Looking at the ages is really important because Isaiah Jackson's like two months older than Jaden Ivey. Yet we don't class him as, as, or don't think of him as young because he was drafted last season. Miles Turner is still there and they are going to be starting Jalen Smith apparently at power for the Indiana Pacers, which makes his value really interesting, Jalen. He's not on my list, but he's like just out in that group around Wendell Carter. But I don't know whether Turner's going to be around. And I do think that Smith and Jackson is the front court they're going to go with. It's not Terry Taylor. It's not Goga Badadze. It's not O'Shea Brissett. I think Smith and Jackson are the guys they're looking to. And it might not necessarily happen this year for Jackson, but next year is going to be really interesting. So I've got him at 31. I've got number 30, Shaden Sharp. I don't know what the hell I get out of him. So he could very easily, I could come back and do this next year, and he's number eight. Or he's not even in the top 30. He's just turned 19. He's not going to do anything this year, I don't think, with Peyton, Lillard, Simons, Hart, all those guys there. I don't think we're really going to see much of him at all. And he's going to have a lot of growing pains. And I'm doing this before we've seen a single summer league game of him, which his first game is tonight. Um, but I'm putting him here at 30. 29 is my man, Onyeka Okongwu. He's only 21 and a half. He might not start this season. I don't think he will, but I think it's coming. And I think you get four to five, at least top 40, top 50 seasons moving forward. I'm still really high on him. Um, but that, that's none of that's certain. He just might remain a consistent career backup. But I still like him. This one was really tough for me. Tyler Hero coming in at number 28. Hero had a pretty good season. He was 60th this last season. He's only 22. He's only played three years in the NBA. Scored 21 points, five rebounds, four assists. Really strong numbers. Am I being too harsh on him here? Probably. He's not particularly old. But I'm just not sure what he does that gets better than what we just saw. Can he become higher than this? I honestly just don't know or don't think so. So the two guys who are ahead of him, like I've got Hero at 28, 27 is Anthony Simons, and 26 is Jordan Poole. I could easily see Hero ahead of those two guys. Simons, I reckon, takes a step back this season with Lillard around, but in two years' time, he might be a top 20 player, and I'm not sure Hero can ever get to that. 
Jordan Poole, similarly, I think he's got top 35 upside, but that's probably in a couple of years' time. So I'm trying to weigh that stuff versus where Hero is, who I think is going to be solid and strong, but can he actually go further and further and take his game higher? Is that opportunity appearing for him? And I'm not certain that it is. I'm not certain that it is. That's why I've got him at 28. I've already talked Simons at 27. And then there is big Geordie Poole coming in at number 26. Both Simons and Poole are both just 23. They're about six months older than what Hero is. So that, that, that's important too. It's not big age gap, but it is something that um, is worth mentioning. And I reckon a lot of people wouldn't have actually known that Hero is younger than Poole or Simons because Hero's sort of been more established for longer or in our minds and his performances have always been there for longer versus Simons who really came on this year and same with Poole, even though they are that six months older than what Tyler Hero is. It's time though for me to tell you about Truebill because not only are some NBA players stealing money through bad contracts, but there are companies out there that are trying to scam you out of money as well. Don't let those greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscription. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions that you don't need, that you don't want, or the ones that you simply forgot about. It's really, really simple. Just download it and link it up, and there you go. They crack right in, and they have a look to see which um, subscriptions are there, and they can go ahead and cancel them for you. That's what the Truebill Concierge is there for. They're there to cancel your unwanted subscriptions so that you don't have to. You can save, on average, people are saving up to $720 a year with Truebill. Over 2 million users have used Truebill, and has helped them save over $100 million. That's an amazing amount. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now. That's Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. All right, next group. Oh, man, every time I look at these, I go, well, I don't know about that. Oh, it's the problem with doing these sort of lists and rankings. You do it, and you're happy with it, and you're never happy with it, and you look at it, and again, you go, I don't think so. And number 25 is Desmond Bain. Desmond Bain is 24. Probably, I think, the oldest player on this list. There are a few others who are 24 as well. Uh, that's not true. There is one player older than that. Um, but he was great last season. Do I think that there is a little bit of scope for him to regress this year? I do, if we get tons of Brooks, Morant, and Bain all playing together. Because they just literally did not play really any significant time together last season at all. And we know Dylan Brooks, he's never seen a shot that he didn't want to take. And that impacts where Bain goes. Because if Bain's the number two option, now it does, and we're still not going to fully see it this year, to be honest, because Jaron Jackson's going to be out. And that moves a, a guy that might be the number three option, like Jackson, where him and Bain might be debating and you know who's taking those shots. There's a clear, a clearer pecking order now because Brandon Clark comes in and he doesn't have that offensive op upside. So while we might not get that full, hey, how's the impact when he's got to share with Jackson, Brooks, and Morant? We won't have that because Jackson's not there for most of the year. So Bain, he still be pretty good, but there is maybe some regression. And again, how much higher can he go? I think he can go a little bit higher, but I'm not sure about that. Number 24, the delicate dancer, Alperen Sengun. It's a delicate dance in just 17 steps. I reckon a lot of you would have thought that I would have had Sengun higher than this. And maybe I should have. He's only 20. He's only 20. Um, he's got a massive opportunity for big numbers this year, as I assume he will be the starting center for the Houston Rockets. He probably he probably gets overdrafted once we hit close to opening night of fantasy seasons this season. 
I think you'll start off on some sites. I don't know which one. One site will rank him 300th. And you go, my God, this is a ridiculous steal. And then it will come in and it will come in and you'll push into like 60th and you'll push into 50th and then it might be too high. But I really like him. Can he ever be a top 30 player? I reckon there's a possibility of that. And he's still really young, but I had to sort of just balance too much hype versus expectation. 23. He's about a year older, Franz Wagner is, than Alperen Sengun. But I think he's just, hmm, I, I think there's a little, well, there's more safety, I think, in drafting him. I'm not sure that he's got overall top 20 upside or maybe even top 30 upside. But as a top 50 player for the next seven, eight years, I, I do think that's possible for Wagner. I don't think he'll be top 50 this year, season coming. But I think he can just fit in and just do a bunch of stuff. Rudy Gay, Nick Batum in their fantasy primes, that sort of a player with a little bit maybe more scoring upside than Batum. A little bit more passing upside than Gay. Sort of a mesh between those players, I reckon, is probably the best guess there for Wagner. Number 22 is Jaron Jackson Jr. Now, he is 22, about to turn 23 in a few months' time. He's got absolutely top 20 upside, but he's out again. So if you are looking at starting a dynasty draft or considering him, just he might miss three quarters of this season, a half of this season. He might miss a month of this season. Highly unlikely, but he might. But the fact that that might be two... The majority of two out of his first five seasons that he hasn't played, it's got to drop him down a bit here. If you've got faith in the injury and the lower body holding up, then go a bit higher. But I got him at 22-21 is Jalen Duran. And I'll, I'll say it now. I don't think I'll say it again. You want to know what that sound clip is? How it relates to Jalen Duran? Well... That is the start of the song called Girls on Film by the band Duran Duran. And his name is Jalen Duran. I know it's spelt slightly differently, one letter different, but that is what that is. That is the beginning of the song Girls on Film. Jalen Duran comes in at 21. He's unbelievably young, 18 and a half. That's four and a half years younger, basically, than Jaron Jackson. All right, so that's, is 21 too low? That, yeah, maybe. And it's really because we just don't know. Maybe he stinks. Maybe he's actually bad. Maybe he's Jaleel Okafor. He's probably not. But maybe, he, look, we can't rule out that we've never seen him play. Same with Keegan Murray, who's at number 20 here. He is a little bit older. He's only a year younger than Jaron Jackson, which is honestly staggering. Um, he's had some pretty good games at the California Classic. A stinker in there as well, but it, it is summer league, of course. But he's looked the part. He's going to have good opportunity early on. I'm not sure, you know, when I look at him versus, say, Franz Wagner, I do have Murray ahead of him because his college stats were way more conducive to fantasy. But there's no guarantee he's anywhere as good as Wagner was even as a rookie last season. So it's a little bit hopeful for me to put him at 20. But he could be he could be 30 on this list. He could be 10. Like we, I just don't know. But the numbers are all encouraging. Just can the play style or the NBA game you know, suit him? In it? And I'm not certain, certain about that. It's getting really tight here. Remember, when you look at this list and go, number 19, Tyrese Maxey, why is he so low, Josh? Um, because there's bloody a lot of good players who are young in the NBA. And Maxey was great last season, but he's probably going to have two to three more years next to James Harden, which does limit the upside somewhat. Maybe in two years' time, he overtakes Harden. Maybe he does it this year. I don't know. He had some unbelievably high shooting numbers, which have the possibility of coming down. And maybe he doesn't actually replicate what he did last season, this season, and actually drops off. And I think that's probably a likelihood, to be honest. 
I still really like him. He's still only 21, turning 22 in four or five months. Um, but I got him at 19. It's This list is tough to crack, man. 18, Jabari Smith Jr. Maybe he's useless. I don't know. We haven't seen him. I don't think he will be. He's got really good shooting numbers, can score a bit, can rebound a bit. Not sure about some other areas. So I don't have him that high. But he is at 18 on my list. All right. Let's go through all the way to number 10 here. Number 17 is Joshy Giddy. Efficiency, I, I, I hope we can get five to six percentage points increase in field goals. Maybe we get eight percentage points in true shooting overall this season and, or the next season. If that happens, then he, yeah, what does he peak out at? 18, seven and seven, that's really bloody good. 1.3 steals, maybe. That's really good. 45 and 75, it's a top 40, 30 player. But it might not happen. The shooting might just never come for him. We love what he did. He was hovering around that top 100 mark most of last season. But we do need to see that big step forward. So him at 17, I could easily see him ahead of four or five of the guys on this list. Easy. 16 is John Ray Aiden. I don't know who he plays for. Do you? Nobody does. He's 24. Now, he could go to a team where he does become a player who gets more touches. And we saw before Chris Paul arrived in Phoenix... Remember this though, I'll talk about that in a second. Before he arrived in Phoenix, he was like pushing top 20, top 25, a little bit more usage, 20 and 10 sort of a player. I don't think he's ever going to be a 28, 27 usage guy or a two block shots guy or a guy that's just getting tons of volume at the free throw line or hitting threes or anything like that. So it sort of caps him, but I reckon he can be back to top 30 at some point. But on a complete side note, remember that when Chris Paul came to Phoenix, a lot of people thought, and I'm pretty sure I was one of them, thought, all right, well, Chris Paul there, it's actually going to help Aiden. Look at all the easy looks he's going to get. Look at all the lobs he's going to get. Look at all the attention. It's going to make things so easy for him. And it just didn't happen that way. And it's one of those things that we just think happens, much like oh, when you go from a bad team to a good team, your percentages increase because of the better players around you. And that generally doesn't happen either. So I think a lot of these things that we think might be logical, great example of that one is Kemba Walker. Oh, and Charlotte, he had to take all the tough shots, so his percentage is going to go up. Went to Boston, it stayed like the same. So a lot of these things that we think might be logical don't always happen. I've got eight and at 16. 15 is Jalen Green. If we based it on his full season stats from last season, he'd be 40, 50. If we based it on the last two months, he'd be five. So where does he fit? Where is the upside outside of big, big scoring? Remember, there's a lot of guys out towards the end of last season. We had Jabari in this season. I do think that he should be you know, probably a top 50 guy this season. But can he be a guy that gets five assists? Does he top out as Donovan Mitchell, which is still pretty good? But is that where he tops out? It might be. I'm not sure if I buy completely because I can't write off what what he did at the start of the year, but I can't overestimate what he did at the end of the year. Out of this list, I'm probably him at 15 is the one I'm least confident with here. I, th- I think I probably should have him higher. Number 14 is Paulo Banquero, number one pick in this year's draft. He's only 19. 19 and a half to be exact. And I think he's going to have a pretty good fantasy game. The worry there with him is lack of defensive stats. And he'll probably be inefficient for the first couple of seasons. But I think we turn into a 28 and 5 guy with maybe 0.7 steals and 1.1 blocks. Eventually on 48 and 80. That's the hope. And that's really good. But that's a tough one there. Scotland Barnes at 13. He's about to turn 21. I don't think he's going to be traded to the Nets, but maybe he is. I think that there is some situations in which he is being a little bit overrated. 
He really did step up in situations when players were injured last season, but when the whole team was healthy, he did take a gigantic usage step back. He averaged 15, 7, and 3.5, and, and defensive stats were okay. Like He was pretty strong, 67th ranked player. He is still young. He showed some really good shooting, much better than I expected, although he still only hit 30% from three. All right, so there is actually room for that to improve, or maybe he's not a good shooter. And I'm st- I've yet to be convinced that he can be a gigantic high usage player because he just wasn't. But you know, him at 13, I don't know, it feels right to me. Number 12, number 12, the rock DJ, Robbie Williams. Williams is the oldest player on this list at or 24 and a half. But he is a guy that could legitimately put up top 20, top 15 numbers as we move forward. Is it sexy? No. Is he the 12th best player on this list? No, he's not. But for fantasy, the value for him is really strong. Um, you could make an argument to go higher on him. I obviously wouldn't because if I had have made that argument strongly enough, I would have put him there. I could also easily say, well, he's not as good as you know, long-term as Giddy, Green, Bunkero, Barnes, and drop him way down. But I think I know over the next three to four years, I'm going to get really strong production, whereas I'm sort of guessing with Bunkero. I'm guessing that improvement with Giddy. I'm guessing that Green continues, whereas Williams, I don't feel like I'm guessing as much. 11 is Evan Mobley. When I did this list, I looked at it and went, how can you have Mobley at 11? Like, how? He was unbelievable. He is 21, so he's not the youngest guy out there. How do you have him at 11? Well, I think the next couple of years, you'll be good. I think he's going to be unbelievable. And he was my rookie of the year personally. And I would have picked him at pick two in that last year's draft. But I think the next two years, there might be a little bit of a mute on some of his fantasy upside. And then by year four, it really blows up. And that puts him at 11 to me. I still really like him. But it's it's tough It's tough to crack in. Because at number 10, it's Ja Morant. Now, you might say, well, well that's crazy. What's Ja Morant number 10? If it was a points league, I'd probably bump him high. But he had that red-hot start to last season, and then it faded. And he sort of started to regress a little bit back to where he was the year before. Not fully there, but he did regress a little bit. And the other thing is injuries. He just consistently seems to be getting hurt to me. And I know there are going to be Memphis fans watching this. Go, you know what you're talking about. It's all just uh, uh, unrelated stuff that's got nothing to do with anything. And he's fine, and he recovers, and all this sort of stuff. But yeah, he's had like three knee injuries. Ankle injuries, back injuries, just consistently hurting himself. And his play style makes me think that that's not going to stop. And he's never been the greatest fantasy guy. So while we love him as an all-NBA player, he's not the greatest fantasy player uh, in general. He just doesn't have that absolute top five, top 10 upside, I don't think, as a fantasy guy. But what I do know is that better line is, it's not top five, BetOnline's top two, and it's not two. It's number one, in fact, as your source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including Major League Baseball and NBA Summer League. We've got a big game on tonight, the Orlando Magic, Bunkero versus the Rockets in Jabari. The Rockets are two and a half point favorites in that game. Rightfully so, their team looks pretty stacked. So, if you want to check out all of the Summer League odds, head to Bet Online. It's your best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's the fastest and easiest way to check on all of your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and the old golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. Bet Online is where the game starts. Let's go into the top nine. Whew. Number nine. 
Anthony Edwards. He's about to turn 21 soon. I think he's going to have a really big year this season. But does the presence of Rudy Gobert mean that he loses a rebound per game? Maybe. Probably. Um, I don't, Not that Gobert's a high usage guy, but he's probably a little bit higher usage than Jared Vanderbilt. So just an extra mouth into that lineup. And yes, there's no Beasley, but there's also no Pat Beverly in that lineup who's also low usage. So while I think Edwards is going to be great, I'm going to put up big numbers, is there a chance he maybe doesn't blow up quite as much this season? Yeah. Still like him. But I think he did have those improvements last season, but I reckon he probably disappointed some in terms of you know, some people who might have been reaching into the top 40 or top 25 to get him. He was 43rd, which is solid. Yeah, I think he probably goes in the third round this coming season. But I said, this list is hard to crack. Number eight is Darius Garland, who's 22, and put up a, a gigantic season. Yes, some it, he was helped to a degree because Sexton and then Rubio were out. And Rubio is back, although Rubio is 33, coming off a torn ACL. So I don't think we worry too much about that. And I don't know if Sexton's going to be back. Garland is this team's guard. He's going to have big numbers, Big minutes, big usage, big assists. I'm not sure what his next step is. Like, he was great, but he was the 23rd ranked player this season. He averaged 22-3 and almost 9. 1.3 steals, 46 and 89. Like, what's the next step? Is it from 22 points on 28 usage to 30 usage? 25 points? 25 and 9? Maybe. It's actually, you know what the next step is? It's going from three and a half free throw attempts to six. And if that happens, then this number's too low. Number seven is Shea Gildas Alexander, who is 24. And the worry, he could easily have been four or five on this list. He's really good. But the worry is the Thunder. Like, is he going to miss time again this season? The worry is. Um, the age where he's older than these players. And maybe that shooting from two years ago wasn't actually 100% real, where he hit 42% of threes or whatever it was. So I've got him at number seven. Number six is Tyrese Halliburton. Now, for the record, I think Shea and Edwards and Garland are all considerably better players than Tyrese Halliburton. But for the next two years, at least... Tyrese Halliburton is going to have the biggest, giganticest, hugest opportunity to just dominate and put up big fantasy numbers. He was 24th last season, despite playing some of that season, most of that season in Sacramento. He averaged 15, 4, and 8 with 1.7 steals. Like, if he's a first-round player this season, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised if he goes and gets 20 and 5 with 8.5 assists, 1.6 steals, 1.5 steals. Like, that is possible for him. And we might get that level for two years or so, three years or so, until the paces start to get serious and then he ramps back down again. That's sort of how I see him going. I don't think he's as good as Shea or Darius Garland or Edwards, but the fantasy opportunity and the fantasy stat set is is better, I think. Number five is Cade Cunningham. I think Cade is going to blow up this season. I think he's going to be a pretty comfortable third-round guy. Um... If he's 15th this season, don't don't be shocked. Like he, I think he's unbelievably good. And is him at five too low? Probably. Maybe. Because at number four, I've got Chet Holmgren. And that's... Look, I don't know what's going to happen with Chet this season, but he's 20. 
Though, so he's about seven months younger than than Cade. Not the youngest guy as a rookie, but if he averaged 13, 8, and 2 with a steal and 2.1 blocks on 55 and 75 this season, nobody should be surprised. If he peaks out at 18 and 10 with 2.7 blocks, 3.5 assists, 55 and 80, hitting 1.7 threes a game, don't be surprised. That's top 10, top 6 value. I think he's a top 50 player this season, much like Cade was last season. Actually, did Cade get to the top 50 last season? Let me have a look. 52nd, not quite. So I think he's going to have a better rookie season ranking-wise than Cade did. Um, and I think the upside's about the same. Number three is Trey Young. It, it, these, these are all top 10 players, I think, here towards the end. Well, well yeah, pretty sure they are. Trey Young was fifth last season. I think... Or not, I think. I know the reason I dropped him a little bit here to number three is is age, but now it's DeJounte Murray. Trey has never been a guy going back to college that has really ever operated without the ball in his hands. One of the big things of him coming out of college at Oklahoma is you go, look at these numbers. His usage and his assist percentage were like 85% combined or something like that. He had like a 40 yeah, assist percentage and 38 usage or 42 assist, whatever. It was one of the biggest combinations of those two I've ever seen. And in Atlanta, it's basically been the same way. But now, how do they fit DeJounte in? Does DeJounte take two percentage points off his usage? Does he take two percentage points off his assist rate? Maybe. And that just pushes a little bit down there for Trey. Because out of this group, Trey was the highest ranked player last season. Number two is LaMelo Ball. Now, is it crazy to say LaMelo Ball ahead of Trey? Probably. But I can see Trey dropping this season. From fifth, remember, two years ago, I think Trey was 19th or 18th. I can see Trey becoming 14th or 16th. Now, a lot of people go, well, LaMelo Ball, it's just going to be um, it's going to be way harder for him without Miles Bridges. I, he's gonna, his numbers are going to drop without Bridges, and I just honestly don't think that's the case. LaMelo Ball will get assists regardless if it's Jalen McDaniels or Gordon Haywood or um, PJ Washington Jr. catching balls. It doesn't have to be Miles Bridges. And another coach in Steve Clifford, who hopefully plays him in one or two extra minutes. And the thing is, without Miles Bridges, Lamelo might have to get his usage to go up. He was 15th last season. And, oh yeah, he's still not even 21. So he's played two years in the NBA. He's the same age as Cade. He's not 21. So I've got Lamelo at two. And of course, I've got Luka Doncic at one. Now I know, I know, off a nine, Kate, you can't. You you can't have him, mate. You just can't do it for Luca. Well, Luca actually was 12th last season. You know that I don't count turnovers, and I don't think you should do that because it skews rankings. His free throws were at 74, and his field goals were at 46. All right, I still think that getting 28, 9, and 9 with scope for those numbers to continue to improve, and I I do think the free throws will go to 78, 79. I I just wouldn't want to have him anywhere apart from number one. It is close between those top three guys, even between the really, the, I'd say the top five, but I probably have Cade more likely to be number one than, than Chet. But I think Luca at one is, is the way to go. Also, this Cade is a little bit to both formats, whereas in points league, he's clearly one, clearly. Absolutely no debate about him as number one in a points league. In a category league, it's a little bit closer, but I still would probably lean that way. And that's it. That's your top 33 players out of the last five draft classes. Tell me how dumb I am. 
I know you will. Drop it in the comments below. Follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, and on YouTube. Thumb it up. Leave your comments down below. Guys, we're done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.